What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Need It Sports Podcast. This is episode 33. I am your host, Zane, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Wyda. In this episode, Josh and I recap week three in the NFL. We preview week four, and then we also, if you go over to YouTube and look at our video, share our screen and talk about Vegas Insider and kind of our approach on betting, uh, sports betting in particular, and some of the strategies that we have in place uh, to be able to find winners. Uh, Just something else to be able to give us a little bit of an edge on the book. Um, This is a very exciting episode. It is the first episode that we have done a live video and published it to YouTube. So if you want to check that format out, head over to YouTube and look up Need It Sports, and you should be able to find it there. We are also going to share a link for it. Uh, But as always, we appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoy the episode. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Need It Sports. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Need It Sports podcast. This is episode 33, and this is the first time that we were both on video. Uh, So this should be a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fun. Uh, let's just dive right into it, though. Just like we always do, let's start with week three of the NFL. A lot of big time things happening this weekend. One, Jamal Agnew tied the record for longest play in NFL history with Cordero Patterson and Antonio Cromartie, 109 yards. Of course, a long kickoff. When you attempt a 68 yarder, you kind of got to expect expect that they're going to have a chance to return it. Um, oh, yeah. But he went for the record, didn't get the record. And then just a couple moments later, Justin Tucker nails a 66-yarder for the record. Of course, he hit it. He's the GOAT. His matting rating today jumped from 87 to 99. I don't understand how he was even below a 95 to begin with because he's one of the best kickers of all time, one of the most accurate. Um, But then we also had another thing that happened, more history. The Chiefs lost and are below 500 for the first time since 2015. So a lot of stuff happening in the NFL this past week. Josh, what did you see? What jumped out to you? on you know either the early slate or any any of the games well just to kind of pick up on that, that Chiefs game that game uh, kind of made me lose a lot of money unfortunately they were the last leg in a pretty pretty hefty parlay that I had and you know me I was looking at it like okay they're both one one you know there's no way in my eyes that the Chiefs are falling one or two especially at home you know um, I know Justin Herbert kind of has that that ability to be able to pull that upset against the Chiefs he's done it in the past so he did it again um, and, and I don't know if you saw, but even Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey going up to him after the game, like, hey, man, like, you're the real deal. Like, you got my respect now. Like, all right, let's play. Like, we know y'all are like, legitimate. You like didn't want to hear it from Mahomes. He looked like he Oh, no, no. <laughs> well, you remember what Mahomes said last year? He's like, yeah, sure, we'll see. He's like, I'll know when I see. Yeah. You know, so the fact that they came into Arrowhead and they won that game and and there was some kind of skeptical play calling at the end of that game as well in regards to clock management to where they could have kind of ran the ball and not giving Pat Mahomes an extra possession. But they went for the touchdown, throwing it up to Mike Williams. Shout out Mike. Got him in Dynasty, number two overall receiver right now um, in fantasy yeah, sports league as well, right? Need a sports yeah. league as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, guy that I've just loved, but um, one of Herbert's favorite targets right now. But, yeah, that game um, – and I, I don't even know if I want to get into this game just yet, but we already know who I'm going to get into later with Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears, but it's a little, a little too early for that. Um, but that game, and then also, man, the Rams look like they're the real deal, brother. <laughs> the, Rams, the best team in the league. The Rams look like they're the real deal to the point to where Tom Brady had to go and recruit Richard Sherman. And it's like, hey, man, I need you to come on down to Tampa and help us get go back to back. So, yeah, that was a very, very impressive win by the Rams. Obviously, them being at home, but still, I mean, anytime you can 
put up points like how they did and kind of shut down and just kind of control Tom Brady like they did, um, even though Tom threw for over 400 yards still, um, them being able to just come out of that game with the W was huge, still undefeated. Um, just seeing the excitement of Sean McVay whenever Deshaun Jackson had that long touchdown, running up the sideline all the way to the end of the end zone. He's having fun. I mean, what a time to be a part of that Rams organization right now. For Cubs on pace to lead the league yeah. in receiving yards. He's the number one. Matthew Stafford's playing great. Defense playing great. Jalen Ramsey, I mean, Aaron Donald. Um, Leonard Floyd's looking great. You know, he he played like crap his last couple of years on his contract here in Chicago, but then he goes to L.A. and, hey, right scheme, right fit. Now he's balling. So that was really impressive. Um, you know, with Aaron Donald on the line and Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, you got a pretty good chance to come in and just do your part. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but also, you know, I hate to say it, but Aaron Rodgers, being Aaron Rodgers, being clutch, you know, Sam Fran thought that they had a game-winning touchdown. I thought they won. I was so excited. I was like, thank you. We'll still be tied for first. Both of us won in two, you know, but seconds. no, 37 seconds, no timeouts, easy for A-Rod. And, you know, of course, uh, you know, Asa Crosby comes in and kicks a game-winner. So that was that was huge. That was big for them. Um, it was no gimme either. Mason Crosby's been doing no. it his whole career, but it was no gimme. It was 51. And he absolutely yeah. drilled it. Yeah, absolutely. On the road, you know, to where you know that's a hostile environment. But you 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 could tell how much that meant to Aaron Rodgers. You know, obviously with his story of him being from Cali and him wanting to play for the 49ers and him saying that if he did get traded somewhere in the offseason, it was going to be to San Fran. Obviously, San Fran made a lot of moves because they were actually trying to maybe prepare to, you know, try to trade for Aaron Rodgers, reach out to him. But the Green Bay uh, Packers said absolutely The story absolutely of not. Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan having beef because – Kyle Shanahan was trying to get Aaron Rodgers. The funny thing is, like, they're best friends off the field. If me and you were in that spot, I'd do the same shit. <laughs> I'd be doing the same thing, so I don't – There's no that. way you're going to let me get a franchise quarterback like that. There's no way. Oh, but I'm I'm saying I'd be trying to get – like, if you had Aaron Rodgers, I'd, like – Oh, look, yeah. I'd be like, let me get Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'd, be, I'd be like, absolutely not. <laughs> but before it was rubbed the wrong way because Shanahan's making those calls. But, bro, this is business, and that's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I'm making that call, too. I'm doing yeah. that every time, best friend or not. I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, um, man, shout out to Arizona. You know, they they were looking kind of sketchy going into halftime. You know, obviously with Jacksonville returning that back, I was like, whoa. All right, that was a big momentum. They were part of my parlay too. But, of course, Arizona came out, took care of business second half. Trevor Lawrence, man, already throwing seven interceptions for three weeks. Um, not looking very good. Um, and and that's going to kind of lead us into tonight's game, Thursday night matchup with Jacksonville and Cincinnati playing in Cincinnati. Jacksonville um, plus seven or seven and a half point underdog. So we'll get in a little that a uh, little bit of that a little bit later. But um, yeah, those are just kind of some of the games that really you know pointed out to me. And also Buffalo looked great. Josh Allen demolished that Washington what, defense. What what's up with Washington's front because they haven't looked good? They can't get pressure on the quarterback. They can't get pressure on the quarterback. And honestly, well, that's, I think that's, that's because, probably one of the biggest surprises in the league up to this point is them. Well, I think that I don't think that has anything to do with what they're doing scheme wise up front. I think a lot of that has to do with not enough good coverage on the back end. You know, you can get pressure all you want, but if you're if your DBs aren't locking up on the back end and they're not forcing the quarterback to think and actually hold that ball. Dude, it's tough. These quarterbacks are good. They're going to get the ball out in three seconds. They can get out of the pocket. You know, teams are starting to, you know, scheme towards Chase Young. Um, you know, they're going to adapt. They're going and, – and I wish the Bears would learn how to adapt and make adjustments, but typical teams are going to do that in the NFL. 
Um, so with that being said, I, I expect Washington to come and get that pass rush going, but for the time being, their, their defense or secondary is just going to have to do better, in my opinion. Yeah, Buffalo was minus seven, and they blew that out of the water. I had them in a parlay. Every Sunday I do a little $25 parlay. You have to because it's NFL. Um, but or you they, do an expensive one like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just dabbling. Parlays don't always hit, but give myself a chance during the during the day. But Buffalo was a seven-point favorite. They blew that out of the water. The only time it was close was right before half when it was like 21-13, but Buffalo went and got those points back going into half as well. So uh, Josh Allen looked great. Josh Allen could have been the player of the week for us. We posted the week three needed player of the week. That was Justin Tucker. It could have been Josh Allen. Josh Allen was phenomenal this weekend. There was a lot of great players this weekend, but ultimately when, you know, you got Justin Tucker going out there and breaking a record that that 63, 64 has been standing for a while. That record's been tied a couple of times, but Matt Prater, I, didn't, right? I didn't think very soon we'd see somebody hit 65, 66. And then of course he made it. Um, yeah. I got a question for you before we get into, you know, before you go on a rant about the Bears, because I know that is coming. I know that's coming. That's why uh, I already made a dream. <laughs> the Chiefs. I, okay, so last night or two nights ago, I saw an opportunity to put in a teaser. We've, we've done our research on this. We've talked about this plenty of times. The only sport you should be teasing in or the only league is the NFL because the competitive balance is there across the league. Um, and it's the only league really where every single point actually has some value. So I immediately put in a two team teaser. That sounds very average, but I don't think that with the line moving on the Tampa Bay game, that line has shot up every single day. So I had to get in on it last night. Uh, but I did a two team, six point teaser, Kansas city minus one and Tampa Bay minus one. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a better time than this week to back them, uh, after coming off a loss. So lead with that but my question is should we be that concerned about the Chiefs long term this season with their defense or are you holding off on hitting the panic button with them no I'm not I'm not worried at all I'm not worried at all the two games that they lost they've both been in those games Patrick Mahomes has you know had some pretty costly turnovers in that game you know the one of him trying to make a Superman play against Baltimore whenever he was being tackled down on the ground and then the one that he just kind of sailed with Travis Kelsey over it was at third and nine you know, um, I would have liked to see him just kind of throw the ball away, take care of the ball, punt, make, you know, the Chargers come back and drive because it was still a tie game at that time. You know, um, so um, with that being said, you know, he he tries to make a play to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, you know, he's there, he's open, but with all that win and arrowhead, it just kind of sailed on him. Chargers wind up picking that off. That was a very costly turnover there. The defense – they're not looking great, but I, I've never just been that impressed with the Chiefs' defense, period. They've, they've always just outscored people, you know? Seasons ago, they were awful. Last season, they did take a turn and were a little bit better in the secondary and had some success up front, but they've never been a unit you're going to rely on. That's never no, been the case. No, no, and, and And keep in mind, this is only, you know, Tyron Matthews' second game. This year, you know, he's going to start getting more comfortable. He's going to start being able to, you know, make some more plays, obviously, at two picks in the first week. But, you know, both of those are honestly right to him. It's not like he just went out and made a big play. Um, but, no, I'm not worried about the Chiefs whatsoever. Um, I think their defense will pick it around. I think Pat Mahomes will start taking a little bit better care of the football. Really, they got to get that run game going. 
That's what they got to get. They got to get that run game going. Because what teams are starting to do right now, they're just starting to play cover four, and they're just going to give everything up front. And, yeah, you can score, but with your defense playing how the way they're playing, you're not going to be able to put up 35 points like how you typically do. You're not. Whenever you have them check the ball down. Tyreek Hill, he's – I'm not going to say, you know, he's been getting locked up, but he's been contained for the most part. Um, You know, defenses are starting to learn, hey, we're going to make somebody else beat us other than Tyreek. But, hey, they also just went out and got Josh Gordon as well. Josh Gordon coming back, you know, from, um, you know, the whole marijuana, you know, you know, reinstallation with the NFL and everything. It's like so, the fifth time he's been reinstated. What is the what's the over under on games we actually get out of him this year? Like how many how many games does he get in before he's gone? Man, I, I think whenever you go to a team like Kansas City and I think, you know, before they sign you and they actually offer you a deal, Andy Reid's the type of the guy who's going to be like, look, dude, this is a no BS policy. If you're coming here, we have the hopes of winning a Super Bowl. You know that. This is by far going to be the most talented team that Josh Gordon's been on. By far. So, Josh Gordon. went to New England, though. Huh? I thought the same thing when he went to New England, though. Yeah, true. But I I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm hoping that this is the last time. I want to see him be able to play throughout the season. And I want to see him be able to contribute to that Chiefs team. Um, But enough about the Chiefs. I will tell you one team that I think is well actually two teams that I think that are seriously seriously in trouble one of them being a team in the AFC South 0-3 Indianapolis Colts who would have thought that the Colts would be 0-3 right now I mean I know they haven't had the easiest schedule but god Lee I mean these the these Colts Carson Wentz you know being banged up being hurt not playing well I know you got Jonathan Taylor um, rumors are already coming out saying that Marlon Mack's about to get traded. So that's good for you. I'm sure you're loving to hear that as an owner of Jonathan Taylor and Dynasty. Um, but the Colts, you've got to be worried if you're the Indianapolis Colts. Have to be worried. Um, start off on three. What, the Texans are, what, one and two? Um, I mean, so you're behind the Texans right now, and I don't think that's going to be long term. But still, I mean, that nobody expected the Colts to be 0-3 right now. Probably everyone, one or two, two and one. I don't think three and zero, oh, but I was very surprised to see them lose to Tennessee. I thought that that was going to be a game they were going to be able to come out on top of. And being seeing them fall in 0-3, I think that's definitely a red flag. Uh, well, like they usually battle. They usually, they usually are able to squeak out a win against a good team, like that Rams game. Some, some years they right. would win right. that game, especially at home. The Titans game, they would at least cover the spread or lose by a field goal or maybe win that game. This case, losing by nine is a huge red flag. The fact that they couldn't even go score and, you know, make it interesting at the end. I mean, they got one touchdown in the whole game. Yeah, like I, was, tight, I was just about to say. The only like it's a Titans defense that is not good. At all. The Titans are a bad two-in-one team right now with the makeup through three weeks. Yep. So it, it is a little surprising for the Colts and very alarming. Uh, they're definitely in trouble. They're digging a hole, especially with teams like the Raiders and Chargers, and I guess the Broncos who have had an easy schedule. But teams like that are emerging this year. And you can't really afford to lose that many games if you want to clinch a wild card spot at the end of the season. No, not at all. And I'll say the second team that I'll say that is in a lot of trouble are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, 100%. I've been so saying this. We both, I'm sorry anymore. <laughs> we both talked about this after week one. We were in Denver. We watched the Pittsburgh-Buffalo uh, game, you know, and Pittsburgh had the comeback against Buffalo. And we both said, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not falling for that. They are still jokesters. They are not the real deal. Um, and they proved that this past Buffalo week. Lines are going to be cheap the next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. Take them. 
So, uh, but yeah, Cincinnati, you know, Joe Burrow went in, Jamar Chase. Hey, first ever rookie receiver to have four touchdowns in three weeks since who? Randy Moss. Yeah, <laughs> Randy Moss. So that's some elite company to be a part of, especially with everything that was going on in the preseason, you know, with him. Oh, you know, I'm having trouble seeing the ball because there's no white stripe on it and this and that. He's doing just fine. Yeah. That might have just been a PR stunt. We yeah. don't know. But um, that was a big win for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that was the first time the Bengals had ever beaten this, not ever, but they had beaten the Steelers by more than 10 points, I want to say, since like 2005. It's probably the first time they've won in Pittsburgh in a long time as well. Crazy stat. So that was a big win for Cincinnati. I actually took them money line that game, so that was a big win for me. Um, And then I also, my other big money line underdog, um, team that I took was the Minnesota Vikings. I took the Vikings over the Seahawks. Um, I just, for me, I was like, man, there's no way the Vikings start off 0-3. Like, yeah. there's, there's just no way. There's no way. It, and I didn't think too much of it other than that. I didn't, oh, Russell Wilson in Seattle. I was like, look, the Vikings are not starting the season 0-3. This there's is the no NFL. Way. Anybody can beat anybody. And you right. have got to drop last week and evaluate every game on a game-by-game basis. If you're thinking, oh, Russell Wilson's going to come in and sling it all over them and get hyped up on that and not consider the rest of Seattle, especially them blowing a huge game at home that never happens – like you have got to look at this game. The Vikings, I mean, they they could be three and zero. They're not because they are frauds, like we said, and they'll find ways to lose after the first two weeks. They did it twice, but uh, they could have easily won both of those games. So I agree. I was like, there's no way they're going zero and three. Evaluate this game for what it is. Vegas gave us a gift. It was like what Vikings plus one or plus two. It was a short line, right? Yeah. So I got I think I got him at like plus like one forty five or something. Vegas like Vegas told us what was gonna happen. Yeah. Because people looked at that and were like, Oh my gosh, Seattle's barely favored. No, that means yeah, taking Seattle's secondary is terrible and Jamal yeah. Adams hasn't been shit ever since he got paid. <laughs> <laughs> ever since Jamal Adams got paid, he ain't been doing nothing. Uh but I mean and, and Kirk Cousins has been playing amazing football. I will say that. Yeah, he's, he's been playing lights out. Um, he hasn't even thrown an interception yet on the season. Um, you know, he's spreading the ball around Justin Jefferson, you know, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, another guy. He scored a touchdown in 18 straight games. What other receiver does that? <laughs> 18 straight games. Like, I mean, he's a number four receiver right now in Dynasty. I got him, Mike Williams, and Calvin Ridley. So, Calvin, I need you to keep it going. So, but speaking of Dynasty, I will say this. I have to give props to Zane. Yeah. Zane, yeah. He and Zane played each other in Dynasty this week. And I was I was 2-0. Zane was 0-2. Um, Another situation. Was I really going to go 0-3 and he 3-0? No. Okay. Okay. Stop. Stop. Let oh. me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. So I'm 2-0. Zane's 0-2. I'm the defending champ. Justin Fields' first ever NFL career start against the Cleveland Browns, I wasn't going to not start him, okay? I wasn't going to not start him. But in the back of my mind, I will say this. I woke up Sunday morning, and I almost put Tom Brady back into the lineup because I was like, man, I got a bad feeling about this. But I was going to be absolutely pissed because I knew that Tom Brady were playing the Rams. And I was like, man, I might as well just take my chances with Justin and see what happens. My team's good enough to win. Zane, I, I don't think you put up any more than like 115 points yet this season. 
And then this week, what you wind up putting up, what, what 133 points? 134, yeah. 134. I'm averaging 145 points a week. And I'm like, oh, regardless, I'll still win. Um, Say to say, Justin Fields gets me three points. I ended up with 126. Um, Lost a net of 25 points from Tom Brady, who put up 28. And you wound up winning highest points. So not only did I lose my matchup to you because I was trying to be disrespectful and start Justin Fields, and I wanted to make it personal, but I also lost a hundred bucks. And honestly, the loss wasn't that big a deal. But whenever I had to send you the hundred dollars on the cash app, I was like, for the highest points, I was like, dude, I would have had highest points and one. I didn't think you were gonna send me that money for like a week. I thought you were gonna make me wait. I mean, dude, it's already there. All y'all paid it. I mean, I'm not going to make you wait on that. It is what it is. Uh, that's my fault. That's my fault for trying to, you know, act cocky and be disrespectful. It was a humbling moment. I'll say that. As an owner, we all have humbling moments. And that was my humbling moment. I know damn well you were running. I know damn well on Monday you were running around to saying Dak and Zeke ain't getting that many points. They ain't combined. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I lost. I knew I had lost. I knew I had lost because I knew Philadelphia. I knew at home. Against the Eagles, I knew Zeke was finally going to go off against that defensive front that they had. He had to. I knew it, and one I knew it because if up. you look, if you look at, if you look at what the Cowboys have been doing since Week One, since they lost against Tampa Bay, they've been getting, getting, they've been getting the run game more involved. They've been running the ball more. Dak's not throwing the ball forty-eight times anymore. You know, um, Zeke's getting more involved. Goal line touches. I mean, dude, I, I think I, I think I was up by like. I don't know, like 28 points going into Monday night or you something. 37. Okay, 37, and you had Dak and Zeke. I mean, I knew – I was like, dude, no, there's no way. I'm not going to win. I had already chalked that off. I knew I lost. That's my fault for not starting Tom Brady, who's the number one fantasy quarterback right now, and I didn't even start him, and I started Justin Fields in his first NFL career start. I said it was a humbling experience, so – but with that being said, I'm going to transition to this into my rant about my Chicago Bears and Matt Nagy. So, 26-6, one of the most brutal games I have ever watched as a sports fan. Not an NFL fan, not a Chicago Bears fan, as a sports fan. If you were not a fan of the Browns or the Bears, you should not have wasted more than five minutes watching that football game. That was one of the worst NFL games I've ever watched. I feel bad for Justin Fields. I think this is 100% on Matt Nagy. I think it falls on Matt Nagy. Um, You know, we drafted Justin Fields 150 days ago. And we still do not have a system or a scheme that's going to allow him to show his talents. Now, you got to give credit when credit's due. You got to give credit to the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Got to give credit to the Cleveland Browns. They had a great scheme. They were not letting Justin Fields get outside of the pocket. They were not letting Justin Fields utilize his legs. They were running a QB contained on him. They were blitzing him like crazy. Um, But at the end of the day, whenever you have a guy, who has the arm talent like Justin Fields, what's the best way to get rid of the blitz, Zane? What's the best way to get rid of the blitz? I'd be adding protection, not running five-man protection. I'd also be trying to set him up on play action, too. Play action. And then play action. Play action and screens. Screens. We got to receive – we got to run it back in David Montgomery, who every single time we actually run a screen, I feel like he averages 30 yards per screen. 
We didn't run a single screen against the Cleveland Browns. That's not one. Not one. And 30 dropbacks, and 30 dropbacks, okay, we had five-man protection 20 times. 20 times. And three of those dropbacks, we had Cole Komet one-on-one against freaking Miles Garrett. A second-year tight end, one-on-one pass pro and against an all-pro Miles Garrett, who me and you know a lot about with him being from Texas A&M. Okay? Dominated. Dominated. Absolutely dominated. Then you had Jadavian Clowney on the other end as well. I mean, it was just absurd. It was a no one-on-one with Miles Garrett ever. Like, he's no. had 150 days to prepare Justin Fields, and you're going on the road against Miles Garrett and Clowney on the other side, and you're coming out five-man protection every time. Like, what are you doing? That's obviously on the coach. And and another thing that I don't like, okay, is, yes, we went in this offseason. We got Demary Bird. We got Marquise Goodwin. And, you know, we got all these fast receivers. Like, yeah, cold, tight. Guess what? They can't win off the line of scrimmage. They can't beat a DB one-on-one. If it's not a go-route, a post, or a comeback, and it's got to be something, a slant, a dig, a squirrel, an inside, whatever it is, and they got to actually beat someone off the line of scrimmage, one, two, three, balls out, guess what? They can't do it. We got one receiver that can do that right now. Guess who it is? Allen Robinson. And everybody's keying in on Allen Robinson. Everybody. So whenever you have a rookie quarterback like Justin Fields, you have a struggling offensive line, and you really only have one receiver that can go out there and win short routes against anybody in the NFL, you would think that you're going to get a little bit more creative and you're going to design a better scheme to be prepared for that situation. So with that being said, fire Matt Nagy. I'm tired of it. I am done. I changed my war zone name to fire Matt Nagy. Everyone's been laughing about it. I'm tired of it, dude. I'm done. I'm done. I've seen enough. Everybody used to talk crap about Mitchell Trubisky, and now we're seeing. It's not Mitch. It's Matt Nagy. It's our system. It's our play calling. It's everything that has to do with our offense other than the quarterback position. Mitch Trubisky can be and should be and will be, I think, eventually a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. If I'm the New York Jets, I'm going to get Mitch Trubisky right now. Right now. I don't know what you've seen of Zach Wilson. I haven't seen a positive thing out of him yet. Mm-hmm. If I'm the New York Jets, I'm trading for Mitchell Trubisky right now. <laughs> so what's the deal with Matt Nagy saying – Anybody can start, including Nick Foles this weekend. Look, so Matt Nagy, he <laughs> likes to, in his in his press conferences, he thinks he's being savvy. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to talk scheme, and I'm not going to do this. Like, dude, shut up. Talk he's scheme. You have he has no scheme, okay? At the end of the day, he's just trying to say all cards are on the table. We don't know what we're going to do. I have no answer for you, and I'm just going to give you a vague and broad response so that way you can't come back and say, oh, well, you said this and you didn't do that. So at the end of the day, Andy Dalton does not look like he's ready to start anytime soon. If he was ready to start, I would want Andy Dalton back in, me personally, because they went out and paid him $10 million. That's their decision. Him and Ryan Pace, that's on them. I want to see that. Nick Foles is going to mess up this season anyway. Why get Justin Fields killed? Exactly. Nick Foles isn't starting this Sunday, okay? Um, Justin is fine. He was saying that because they really didn't know. So at first it was going to be Justin's throwing hand. End up being just his right thumb, which he had a brace on at practice yesterday on Wednesday. Today, Thursday, did not have a pra- uh, did not have the brace on throwing today. And the Bears have came out and said that uh, Matt Nagy will be announcing our starter tomorrow which I don't think we waited until Friday to announce a starter. They were saying, like, the last time we did that was, like, the 70s or something. 
I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. So I don't know what he's trying to do, but the good thing I know is, is Bill Lazor, our offensive coordinator, is actually calling the plays this weekend. Matt Nagy has relinqu- uh, relinquished play calling. He tried to be vague about that and say all that was going to be in-house, but then he has our PR rep come out and tell everybody that Bill Lazor is actually going to be calling the plays. So in my opinion, I think Matt just doesn't like answering those questions. He doesn't like being in that spot. So where he's like, oh, we don't know yet. And then he goes and tells the PR, like, no, this is what's happening. Same thing whenever they said Justin Fields was starting last week. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of Matt Nagy. I want him gone. We need to fix it. And another thing I got to talk about, too, is I don't know if you saw the Chicago Bears actually just placed a purchase and sell agreement for the Arlington Heights Churchill Downs um, horse track that's Mm -hmm. out in Arlington Heights. Um, So what this basically means in layman's terms is the Bears basically have documentation showing that they're in the process of purchasing property in Arlington Heights, which is a northwest suburb out of Chicago. That's actually where my family is from in Chicago. Um, It's probably about 45 minutes outside of downtown Chicago. Um, But it's an old racetrack. Churchill Downs are there. I've bet plenty of races on that track. But they're going to tear it down, and they're going to turn it into something. The racetrack is gone. The Bears are the front runners right now. They're talking about building a new stadium. So there's a lot of controversy. Are they still going to be the Chicago Bears? Are they going to be Arlington Heights Bears? But at the end of the day, they're going to be Chicago Bears, just like the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are in Arlington. They're not in Dallas. It's the same thing. You're going to stick with that same historic name, all of that. But um, for me, it's kind of – it's like, dang, dude, they're really leaving Soldier Field. But at the end of the day, I understand why because, you know, I don't know – I don't, I don't think you've ever been to Soldier Field or seen it or been to Chicago, but it's part of the museum district. It's owned by the city. There's not a huge parking lot. There's not very good tailgates. You know, there's really nowhere to park. Everybody there either has to park in downtown or they take the Metro or whatever it may be. It's like Wrigley, you know, just old stadiums, old ballparks, not accustomed to cus- to modern day parking or anything like that. So for the fan, it's a little inconvenient, but just the history of, soldier field and everything there and um you know it's pretty depressing honestly if that's actually going to happen so we're going to see how that unfolds um and, and see what that takes but with that being said i'm definitely going to have to go to a game at soldier field this year for sure yeah i don't this year you want to go you want to go this year and see that oh absolutely this may be the last year well it's not gonna be the last year but yeah absolutely i'm still gonna go to a game i i do business in chicago why would i not just go to a game if i'm out there you know it may be a lions game (laughs) y'all are playing lions at home well yeah actually yeah we're playing the lions at home but yeah it'll probably be minnesota then yeah minnesota so y'all open at five and a half and i've already come down to minus three oh to us yeah, y'all are minus three. I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm going to take Detroit money line. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Get Nike out of there, dog. <laughs> and look, I'm, y'all see all this. I mean, I'm saying I'm going to take Detroit money line. So how long is that's, the speech, though? That, that's, how, that's how much I want Nagy gone. How many fire still have to lose to fire him though? What's the number? Like I think how, I think how, how we, how I think I think if our offense comes out and looks like how it did and how it has this season, I think if the offense comes out and looks like that this weekend at home um against Detroit and we somehow lose, I think he's done. I think he's done. I think I, I think he's done. I, I think there's no way they keep him. Um, you know, they can have Mike Patine be the interim, Bill Lazor be the interim. Even maybe even Sean Desai. We'll see. But you got to understand, dude, our defense is playing phenomenal. Our defense kept us in that game in that first half. 
that was a close game going into halftime. We had momentum. We just couldn't do anything. First two drives by Cleveland, they, you know, 12-play drive, nine-play drive, going for it on fourth down, sacked in. We had just as many sacks as they did. You know, I mean, our defense played well. But you got to understand, whenever you're not moving the ball on offense and you're having 12-play drives and you're forcing a field goal or you're getting a turnover and you're on the field for six to eight minutes and then you go to the sideline and our offense has a three and out and it only – takes a minute you're only getting a minute of break you're gonna get tired you're eventually gonna give up points especially whenever you're playing a high profile offense like Cleveland you know with Nick Chubb Cream Hunt guys rotating everything Baker playing phenomenal football right now um that's the guy who I I, I'll have to say I've I've been very impressed with this year um it looks like he's really taking that next step to be able to give Cleveland that opportunity to maybe actually go deep in the playoffs this year so we'll see and they're another team that, you know, if they would have been able to hold off the Chiefs, they could be undefeated at this point so far. So they, I don't think they've had a bad game yet. They've been playing great football. Um, you want to go ahead and share Vegas Insider. Let's talk a little bit about this Jags-Bengals game tonight. Or I, I did a poll earlier on our story. Um, you know, the spread was at minus seven and a half Bengals way, and now it's down to seven, it looks like. Uh, opened at minus two and a half, so it's still moved a lot. When I checked it before we hopped on, it was 50-50 from the voters on our poll. Um, so pretty split right now. I don't know if there's an edge one way or the other. Last week when we did the poll on the Texans-Panthers, it was like 70% on Carolina. So the people following us got that one right. They drilled it. So we'll see if they're able to do it two weeks in a row. Um, personally, I ran my model on this game. There's been enough weeks in the season to bring that back out. And I have 26-18. to 18. Cincy so I see no edge on that game I mean that's right around the spread that's 44 total points over unders 46 I've seen a lot of people on the over it looks like right here on Vegas insiders almost all the public on the over but this is this is what's tough about the NFL because I can see these games going one way or the other like the other night on Monday night I hit on the over for like five units but I thought to myself before I bet on that Dallas Philly game, I was like, man, I feel like every year this game's weird. It's a division game. I feel like it's always like 17 to nine or something. And so I looked up the history of it and every single year when it's in Philly, that game goes under. And every single year when it's in Dallas, Dallas scores over 30 points and it goes over. So I hit Dallas's team total over 27 and a half took the over of 51 and sure enough, that's what pretty much ended up happening. Dallas ran away with it. The Eagles couldn't do anything. Um, Dallas nearly got the entire total by themselves. But again, everything can go one way or the other in the NFL. This is a game where I can definitely see 20 to 13 or I can see 31, 24. You know what I mean? So I don't really have a good feel for this game. This is what I'll probably stay away from. But um, if you want to get into right here, if you have a play, I think you mentioned one earlier and then Vegas Insider, obviously we can explain this a little bit as well, what we're looking at. Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of start. So um, really with Vegas Insider. So I know we've referenced this website a lot in a lot of our previous podcasts and episodes. Uh, but basically, this is a website that's going to show you what the sports books in Vegas, not FanDuel, not DraftKings, not all these other you know, betting apps that you can bet with whenever you're outside Vegas to where that's what I like to look at. 
I want to see what is Vegas taking in their sports books, in their casinos. So this is basically, you can go in here and you can check matchups. You can check uh, free picks that they offer that or whatever. I like to just look at the matchups because I like to see, well, what did it start off at? What did, what did it open it at? What's that currently? So you see right now, Jacksonville, Cincinnati opened up at 49. Now it's at 46. That's for the total. So it's dropping down. So typically, whenever you see that, you see that a lot of people are going to be betting on the under. So when people are betting on the under of 49, Vegas is going to adjust and they're going to adjust that total down because they realize, hey, people are betting the under. We want to try to even out our money. Same thing on the spread. So you see it opening at four and a half. Now it's a seven and a half. Now this has a little bit to do with Jacksonville's um, secondary. Uh, obviously, C.J. Henderson just got traded to the Carolina Panthers. Um, but Cincinnati has a couple of their secondary guys out as well. But he's supposed to be a top five safety in the league. Um, so with that being said, and then also Cincinnati having the really impressive win over Pittsburgh as well. That would that definitely changed some things. So you look at it now, the current it's minus seven and a half over under is 46. Again, this may be a little bit different from all the books here. They use Caesar's Palace. So whatever Caesar's Palace has it at, this is what Vegas Insider is using. Um, on the spread, you can look 74% is on Cincinnati minus seven and a half, 26% is on Jacksonville plus seven and a half. This actually changed. So right before we started recording this thing, it was actually at 77 and at 23. So you're already kind of starting to see that a little bit more people are starting to throw some money on Jacksonville late. Um, and then obviously the money line, you got 91% on Cincinnati Bengals money line, and then you got 9% on Jacksonville. Um, I don't have the money line put over on Zane Bidichins. Do you know what that money line is right now? Uh, let's see. I, I can have... pull it. I can pull it up real quick. But minus three thirty-five. So okay, so three thirty-five to win a hundred bucks, and so you got ninety-one percent on that. So that's a lot of change on the Bengals. That's a right lot there. of change. Yeah. Um, and then the over under, you got 78 percent on the over of 46, 22 percent on the under. Um, my personal play on this game is I took Cincinnati minus four first half. That's it. I'm not taking a full game play. I see this being Cincinnati controlling the game the entire game, maybe being up by two scores um, the entire game. And then Jacksonville kind of coming back with that backdoor spread. Keep in mind, Jacksonville was leading a good part of the game against the Arizona Cardinals last week. 13 to 7 at halftime. They had to play some defense to hold the Cardinals to right. seven. Right. And, and I know, and I know they were at home. They had the home field advantage, which is what we've talked about, which has been a big thing lately. But with that being said, you know, that's why I'm staying away from this full game total because Jacksonville was in a position to cover against the Cardinals last week, but Robinson fumbled whenever he was about to score. And that just completely changed the entire game. It felt like everything that could go wrong for Jacksonville after them returning that missed field goal for a touchdown right before half went wrong. The everything that could have gone wrong in the second half went wrong. Trevor Lawrence throwing that terrible pick six off that he tried to throw. Foot. Yeah, off his back foot, trying to throw to a side pocket fade and cover two. That was absolutely terrible. Um, and then obviously just allowing Arizona to just drive the ball uh, Jacksonville not being able to drive the ball in the time that they did drive the ball to be able to try to cover having the fumble. So I'm going to stay away from the full game total and the spread. I'm just taking Cincinnati minus four in the first half. Hopefully they cover in the first half and then I can just chill and watch the second half with ease. Um, but 
With that being said, let's also take it to another game that's going on tonight, Zane, too, as well, before we start previewing this upcoming week. Um, another game that we have going on tonight as well on the college slate is we do have oh, – where'd it go? Hold on. Leave it there one second. I want to point one thing out before you pull okay. it up because you got college football matchups up. Let me point one thing out right here. You see that the line opened at minus 4.5 for Cincinnati, and it's moved to minus 7.5 and 79% is on the spread. Notice how that number is moving with the public. But look on the on over and look, under. And look, 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 Zane, sorry to cut you off. It was just at 76. Yeah, it already went up. And 24, now it's already back up to 79. That's why I love this website, because within seconds, it will update. Yeah, people are placing bets right here behind me at Circo right now. <laughs> it, <laughs> look at all of them in line. Okay, but look at the spread or look at the total moving down from 49 to 46, yet the public is all over the over. To me, when I see something like this with the reverse line movement, it's automatically an alert because they're moving it down and they're going to keep taking money on the over, keep taking money on the over. And so for me, if I was going to make a play on this game, I would I would take the under. Yeah, I would 100 percent take the under. Absolutely. But again, I don't I don't like this game. Not a fan. I'm lying through my teeth. I'm definitely going to lock something in when we get off of this, <laughs> but I don't have a play to give out right now. This is tough to say, hey, I'm going to bet this under whenever these defenses really haven't proven that they can stop anybody. No. That's what's tough. And hey, Cincinnati, yeah, they had a good showing really- defensively last week, but with their best safety being out this week, it's going to be tough. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, so let me let me switch over to this college football. So we do have one other game tonight. Um, we got Virginia and Miami. Um, so Virginia, um, actually it's Miami, the home team. This opened up, as you can see, at 65 and a half right here. Um, and then now currently the total is at 62 and a half. So kind of the same, that reverse line moving that we were just talking about, um, on the NFL game. And then it opened up as Miami minus five. Now it's currently Miami minus four. I haven't placed a bet on this game. I don't know if I'm going to, honestly, I know you were telling me that you like Miami if Derek King is not playing. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, the spread looks pretty even 54, 46. That's, that's pretty much about as even as you can get. But one thing that I am looking at right now, Zane, that is very intriguing to me is look at this. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting a cent on Virginia money line. Two percent. That is the typical case when Vegas makes money. So I may just sprinkle a couple units on Virginia money line and just say, hey, if I lose, I lose. It is what it is. These but are one of the biggest trap money lines. These are one of the biggest trap money lines. Miami is minus 170 and Virginia is plus 150. They are collecting so much juice if yep. Virginia wins. And so my thing is this again is not a, a foolproof system, but if you go in and you take a couple plus 150s where all the money's on the minus 170. If you take a couple of those and go two and one, you're profiting. It's more Absolutely. of a system than just going in and picking games. And if you're already getting nervous about that minus four and you're like, oh, I'm just going to take a money line, bro, you already lost because you're not paying good value. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, so I may sprinkle a little bit on Virginia money line, and then you see the over under at that total of 62 and a half, that being 81 to 19. Um, 
So with that, you know, hey, I may even throw a little parlay with the Virginia money line and the under It'd be looking nice. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe even do a little teaser. May do a teaser and take Virginia, you know, like plus 17 on a 13-point teaser and, and, and take the under at, you know, 75. So we'll it's your see. typical case, Josh, where – Virginia's up 23-20 with a minute left. The under's already done. Everybody already lost on the over. The under's cashed. And people that took Miami are just begging for a touchdown push. <laughs> I mean, you see it all the time. Those cases happen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But again, yeah. that's a team where Virginia has an awful defense. And Miami is average. They have been for the last several years. I don't trust them whatsoever. So, again, just two Thursday games that are a little weird. I don't feel like I should tease anything either because to me that feels like a chase when I already don't have a good feel on these games. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with that being said, let's go ahead and get into week four. Um, as you can see here, I'm already pulling up uh, these, these this preview here. We already talked about Jaguars and Bengals, but let's talk about a matchup, Zane, that you're really excited for, you're intrigued for. Um, you know, what's a matchup that you you may like an underdog or – you know, some somebody that you're looking forward to watching that game or looking to see a team bounce back. I'll tell you right now, that Cardinals-Rams game is going to be very interesting. Yeah, that Cardinals-Rams game is looking good. Rams at home. Uh, one that really sticks out to me is the Vikings-Browns. The Browns going to do on the road? And are the Vikings going to be able to win two in a row at home and, and, you know, get a little bit of momentum built? So I think that game is interesting. Cleveland opened up again. This is the same situation as Seattle last week. Short favorite, only minus two. I don't like the Vikings. I'm not a huge fan, but I think this is a spot where if you want to get on them money line, it's probably going to be around that plus 140 mark. I think it's it's great value. Um, I, I don't see, you know, with it being a road game, just, I don't know, Baker has looked awesome. He could be due for a turnover. You never know. Um, there's a lot of talent on the field for both of those teams. I think the Vikings can get a win, and it would be a huge win to start right in their season um, in the right direction after what's happened to them the first couple of weeks. Um, I'm interested in that one, and then I'm also interested to see – I know Kansas City is going to bounce back against Philly, but how much are they going to win by? For me, coming off a loss, like I said earlier, I got that teaser. Um, uh, you got a minus one, right? You Kansas, City, point Kansas City minus one and Tampa Bay minus one. Sure, average, whatever. It's basically even money. It's like minus 120. I'm risking 60 to 150. But again, both of those teams coming off a loss, I don't see them losing two in a row. Not in the cases that, of what I saw from the Eagles the other night. I think Kansas City covers minus seven, too. It, it's a great spot to back them at minus seven. Uh, the Eagles just don't have enough on offense. And then with Tampa Bay, I think, again, we're going to be like, okay, yeah, it's Tom Brady, not Bill Belichick. Tom Brady's going back to Foxborough, back to Gillette. He's going to dominate them, and this Sunday night, he can become the fourth player all time to defeat all 32 franchises after he beats his former team. So, to me, it's already written. Um, sounds average, but I'm, I'm looking at both of those minus seven spreads, too. So, I locked that teaser in before either one of those lines move anymore. Yeah, and not only that, but it's also him about to be breaking the NFL passing yard record yeah, as well. He's going to do a bunch of stuff. In New England. So you're talking about a perfect story and just a perfect fate and how that works out. 
Um, and New honestly, England keeps getting hyped up too, but they just they just haven't looked that sharp to me. I mean, they yeah, got a quarterback. New Orleans, New Orleans last week was actually a team that I hit on as well. I like New Orleans at, on the road in Gillette, you know, playing against the Patriots. So I had New Orleans plus three. I was like, this is a coin flip game. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll take the three points. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you got those games. I mean, I can definitely agree with you. I like the Cardinals Rams. Um, I think that Seahawks 49ers game is going to be another really good one. And honestly, I'm going to tell you this. I think that Baltimore Ravens and Denver Broncos game is going to be really good. Denver has still yet to play at home. This is going to – actually, no, I'm sorry. They just played oh, they at home did. last they week against the Jets. That was their first home game. But them playing at home at Mile High, we were just there. Huge home field advantage. Baltimore has not been very good on the road. They're one and one Their one win was against a terrible Detroit Lions team. Yeah, they've kept games close, but – I personally think Denver actually comes away with this win. I think Denver winds up being 4-0 and Baltimore winds up being 2-2 two and two and everybody's talking about it next week. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm placing a bet on this game yet, but I do think Denver takes this game and they walk away 4-0 and they will be first place in the AFC West. It's probably the sketchiest game of the week, but I would not be surprised either if that outcome happens, especially Ravens opened up as three-point favorites. Now they're one-point underdogs already. All the talk around the Broncos is, oh, they haven't played anybody. Well, what happens when they come out and beat the Ravens? Then you got to give them a little bit more respect, okay? Exactly. We'll see how good the defense really is. I think, honestly, that, I mean, they got the secondary to back them, but with the front, too, with Von Miller, I think Lamar's going to have a hard time running the ball. And when that happens and you make him throw, you know what can happen. So uh, I'm excited for that matchup, and I'm also very excited for Monday Night Football because I think the Raiders are going to get their first loss. Yeah. I'm all over the Chargers in that game. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not there just yet. I'm not there just yet in regards to getting to that game. But before I say that, I do think the Bears lose this weekend. Um, <laughs> Chicago minus three spread at home. I think that's just very sketchy. Jared Goff actually playing pretty well this year, throwing for 801 yards, five touchdowns in three games. I think he's managing this offense well. I think the Lions, they've been close. Um, and I think if Justin Fields winds up starting this game, I I don't trust our offense to be able to beat Detroit at home. I just don't. I don't see it happening. If it happens, obviously I'm going to be more than ecstatic. But that's pretty much going to be my – motto for the rest of the year is just fade the bears and so whenever they do beat me hey i'm happy about it it is what it is it's a win-win situation um but with that being said the well, number one game they just moved right in front of my face the ravens just went from plus one to minus one really <laughs> it literally just updated right what now. are you looking at that on on vegas i'm looking at action Oh, on action. Okay. Yeah, they got action to- Network is another platform that we look at too. But like how you mentioned earlier, Zane, with the Raiders and the Chargers, this is my favorite matchup of the week. Yeah. This is my favorite matchup of the week. Okay. You got the Las Vegas Raiders coming into LA, playing at SoFi Stadium. You got the Chargers who are two and one. Their only loss was a tight, close game against Dallas Cowboys, which I personally think they could have and should have won. They just came off with an upset in Arrowhead, beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they're at home playing the Raiders. I am all over the Chargers in this game, all over the Chargers in this game. I don't see the Raiders being 4-0. I'm all over the Chargers in this game. I'm I'm hoping that I win a crap load of cash this weekend from our bookie and I'm going to put it all on chargers 
minus three Monday night, but I'm going to buy it down to two and a half and I'm going to love it. And it's going to be a great evening. And then four days later, we're going to be eating an elite dinner prepared (laughs) by a private chef with nice red wine with me, you, my beautiful and wonderful fiance, my in-laws, their neighbors, shout out Bob and Judy, shout out Ricky and Liz. I love y'all mom and dad and our boy Douglas. We're going to be in there feeling nice and I cannot wait. So this next week is going to be nice. And Monday is going to be a perfect way to start it off. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm all over. I hope the same thing. I hope the same thing. I had an awesome week last week. I'm on a two, three week streak of winning money. Um, but this week I'm, I'm down like I'm down a couple of units right now, clawing back. And I'm hoping that I can have a big Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I can go all in on the Chargers Monday night. I'm all uh, in on the Chargers minus two. Look, here's the deal. It's a division game. It's in L.A. L.A. already dropped one home game. This is easy math. Take the betting. Take all the other shit out of it. This is easy math. Are the the Raiders really going to be 4-0 and the Chargers be 2-2? No. No. They're both going to be 3-1. They're going to be 3-1. They're going to be 3 one Denver. You're going to have Denver be like 4-0 and and then the Chiefs that are going to be, you know, back to 2-2. And it's just going to be weird. Weird division, and the Chiefs are going to have a remarkable comeback later on this season. They're going to want to win the division, and then it's going to be a battle. Well, who's all going to make the AFC wild card? And it's crazy because the AFC West and the NFC West are just alike. Yeah, They're going to have one team that's going to win the division, and there's going to be another three teams that are probably going to take every single wild card position, with AFC being the Chargers, because I think the Chiefs are still going to win the AFC West, being the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos are all going to be competing for wildcard spots. Same thing with the NFC West. I think the Rams are going to win the NFC West, and you're going to have to be dealing with San Fran, Seattle, and Arizona making wildcard. That's why I don't think the Bears have a chance this year. I don't think the Bears have a chance. We're nowhere close to what Seattle, Arizona, and San Fran is, and at that, with that being said, those are the two best divisions in football right now, in my opinion. And, and back in the and back in the AFC, Josh, yeah, those three teams in the West, Tennessee's going to run away with the South, and there's nobody you'll have to worry about in the South because the Colts are usually there. It doesn't look that way right now, like they will be. Um, same thing with the AFC East. The Bills are going to run away, but in the North, it's crowded too. It's the same thing. Steelers are in Brownies. last. The yeah. Brownies, shout out Cameron, shout out Merka. The Brownies are going to win the AFC North. I'm calling it now. And then if the Ravens and Bengals can compete, though, throughout the entire year like they have thus far, they're going to be in the wild card spot, too. So it's going to be crowded. Uh, the Dolphins may be in the mix, potentially. Um, but we'll see about that from the from the East. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be crowded down the stretch if these teams keep playing this way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's going to be very exciting to see, but those are definitely the games that I like. Again, um, just to kind of recap, the only pick that I'm announcing that I'm taking right now is going to be Cincinnati minus four first half. Um, We may play into that Virginia-Miami game, but as of right now, we are not playing into that. Um, So that being said, hey, again, we appreciate everything. Texas A&M sucks. I know we didn't get to really recap any NCAA football, but let's talk about one thing, though, Zane, right before we go. We got to talk about one thing. Astros money line. We're clinching tonight. Oh, that is true. Colin McHugh. We didn't talk about that yet, baby. H-Town, let's go. Astros, one win away from clinching the AL West. Um, This will actually be the second time. Well, we've already clinched three years in a row, 2017, 2018, 2019. We didn't clinch last year. 
will be clinching again this year. We also did that before in 20, uh, 2002, 2003, 2004, I think, or maybe it's 2003, 2004, 2005. I think that's what it was um, whenever we were in the National League. Um, but very exciting time for the Astros, ready for playoff baseball, ready for October to be here. Um, definitely going to have to go to a game. Zane, you're going to have to come down to Houston. We got to go to a game, dude. I know me and you have not gotten a playoff game together. I've been to a couple of the playoff games. I don't know if you've been doing a playoff uh, Astros game just yet. Let's go next week. Yeah, I've been to Astro playoff games, but let's go next week against the White Sox. We'll go Saturday. Whenever you're in town. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know if I can. Mom, let's go. Can, I'm not making any promises yet. But – Lance is on the bumps. Kayla and Ray can hang out, and you yeah, know, because yeah. she's coming to town, they can hang out. We'll go to the playoff game. Lance is on the bump tonight, going against Colin McHugh, who was on our team when we won the World Series. Yep. He's a bullpen guy now for the Rays. It's going to be a bullpen game for them. I'm not saying they ain't got the Rays don't have anything to play for, but we typically play well against them. We play better against them than a lot of teams do in the league, especially. Yeah, they did just beat our ass last night, but they did. But we beat them the night before, so it's fine. Um, but tonight. Big night. We have not been playing particularly well. Jose, 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 Jose. We haven't been playing particularly well for the last week or so. Uh, so big game tonight to get momentum. And the Rays clinched first place last night. So, I mean, they still have something to play for, but not really. So our night's tonight to go clinch. Lance on the bump, minus 150. I like it a lot. So I'm on it. Yeah, definitely. Probably going to throw a good little amount of cash on that right now. But, uh, well, man, as always, we appreciate you guys. This was our first video episode, so we will be posting this on our YouTube platform. Um, Going to be extracting the audio. We'll still post it on our Spotify um, and Apple Podcasts. Um, but I'm actually about to get ready. I'm about to hit the road, and I'm about to go catch this Curtis Springs Curly Lake game. Um, we got a big matchup down here in Galveston County, down here in South Houston. We got a uh, clear late five-star cornerback, Julian Humphrey. He's going to be shadowing four-star Noah Thomas, who's committed to A&M Gigum. Um, Noah's actually been kind of lingering with injuries, but he's back now 100%. So we're excited to see that. Springs had a really tough preseason schedule. Now they're getting into district play. It's going to be exciting to see. So I'm about to head that way and catch that game right now. I'll be posting some videos and some pictures on Instagram. Hey, um, hold on, hold on. Chargers are a lock because Derek Carr just came out and said three minutes ago, Bleacher Report, three minutes ago, Chargers are a home game. It's just a fact. SoCal all, crowds always favor the silver and black. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Chargers are a lock. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. You can't 100%. get cocky, bro. Chargers no. are a lock. I'm taking the Chargers 100%. So. But, um, well, again, as always, we appreciate you guys continuing to follow us on social media. We just posted a post for Justin Tucker, Player of the Week. Go out that, like that, share that. Um, and, man, feel free to give us feedback. You know, hey, DM us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, message us, let us know if there's stuff you're liking that we do, stuff that we don't like that we do. Maybe you got some recommendations. We'd love to have some guests on here as well. Um, so this is kind of our first episode of doing videos. We look forward to kind of doing this here in the future. Um, but other than that, as always, it's a pleasure. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, everything at Needed Sports. Don't forget at Needed NFL as well. And as always, we appreciate you guys. Peace.